Welcome to Two Mics. Uh, my name is Kelvin Moretti. Today I'm joined by Tito and Kabingu. We'll be discussing a few things about the, some books that we are reading that are very, very interesting. We hope that you are going to stay with us till the end. Karibuni sana. Um, what are you reading right now, Tito? I think I'm going to answer on what I intend to finish <laughs> uh-huh. uh, first because I think I'm I'm dabbling in so many things. Um, I never have a systematic thing. So there's this small book I'm reading, um, The Richest Man in Babylon. Mm. That book, everybody needs to read, read that book. Mm-hmm. Like there's a reason why um, that book has sold over 2 million copies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like two million is very small. Yeah, it, it's way more than that. I, I think it's in the hundreds of millions, if I'm not probably. Wrong. I think yeah. it's just that cover that they're saying over two million in print, but the book uh, is very old. So yeah, uh, I guess it, it's a bit a big number. Okay, two hundred million is a bit of an exaggeration. <laughs> I feel like, but okay. uh-huh. stop, stop speculating. <laughs> just for the book, the book has sold. It's a well. bestseller. Yeah, it's a bestseller. Mm-hmm. It's a small book, um, around one hundred and forty pages. Mm-hmm. Small. Um, small pages mm. but that book so it's about um money mm-hmm. uh basically how how to manage your money how to grow your money it's basically about financial matters but the way that book has been written and the amount of insight in that book mm-hmm. in those it, small in those few pages the 140 pages yes mm-hmm. i just wish i read that book like five years ago what is one big lesson you've learned so far um so Interestingly, it's not um, like something, they're not like new things, Mm -hmm. but it's in the way he's bringing them out. So how the book is written, um, the setup is in those old times, Babylon, Mm -hmm. the days of Babylon, uh, those BC days. Mm. Um, And the author has, the way he's presented it, he's sort of, he's presenting parables. So he gives parable that uh, um, in Babylon, the richest city in those old old days, um, there was a one rich wise man called Akkad. So his friends, his friends come to him, um, and they want, uh, like, they are coming for advice on how how to make money. Because when they were young, they were both at the same level financially, but now that when they are they are middle aged men. And he has become the richest man in Babylon. So they just want to understand how he became this rich man. Yeah. So that's, the, I think that's, I think, uh, the first story. I think that's the first story. And then it goes on with several parables. Uh, there's one about the money lender. So it's, I wouldn't say there's one big lesson. One big you, uh, lesson. Mm. There's just multiple lessons about how, um, Saving, like saving a portion of everything you earn, mm-hmm. um, making that money earn for you. These are things we've had. Yeah. But how they're presented. Yes. But how they're uh, presented, mm-hmm. they hit home in a different way because mm-hmm. that aspect of like saving, um, he, he talks about it as, as paying yourself. Like mm-hmm. you, your employer pays you, mm-hmm. but then how much do you like pay yourself? Mm-hmm. Um, because of course you have the bills you have all those things you spend money on yeah so when everything comes in and goes out uh, you're left with nothing and mm-hmm. you become poor over time yeah 
so how much how much are you paying yourself mm. so he has this um five golden rules of money mm. and the first rule is that money always always keep at least a tenth of all that you earn mm-hmm. set it aside yeah and then that um that tenth invest it in in good investments invest it in good investments like what so in good investments he goes on to explain um so a good investment is something one where your principal be protected mm-hmm. so it's not a gamble mm-hmm. so you're not investing in something where your capital is at risk like shares yeah like shares mm-hmm. or if you invest in shares where your capital is at risk mm-hmm. you have sought advice from the professionals mm-hmm. and you know how to hedge your risk yeah um like in the shares mm. yeah so the second uh they actually interconnected the first one is that keep a tenth the second one is make your money work for you mm-hmm. um what do you mean by make your money work for you like no investing your money mm-hmm. also that you're put not just your money uh-huh. where mm. it will come back to you okay but if you put it in a bank and you but you go to the ATM the money will come back to you anyway continue I'm just <laughs> it will help okay uh-huh. um and then the third one okay I'm trying to remember them but the third one uh goes on something like um money 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 flies away mm-hmm. from people that uh seek to multiply it mm-hmm. um to get impossible returns mm-hmm. so like that's how people get scammed Ah because you're tra- you're overshooting. Yeah, yeah okay. you're overshooting. Mm. Like you're getting greedy, you want to mm-hmm. um 100x your money mm-hmm. in in like a week or two weeks. Yeah. And th- that's how so he says that it's almost like a rule that uh, money flies away from people that um try to invest mm. in in such a way. So so the richest man in Babylon essentially is an investment book uh and you know financial sanity and you see the 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 most interesting thing actually um that i think you've pointed out is the fact that uh a lot of times we i think when you get a good salary you 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 get comfortable someone said your salary is a bribe your boss gives you to hang your dreams to not pursue your dreams Warren Buffett. yes yeah he's a, i think he's a he's a wise man because uh paradoxically he has employees but anyway so um I think and, and it's something I've come to appreciate also um having an extra source of income um and and diversifying your investment is a very very brilliant thing and in fact you're going to have a, a, a an episode uh, uh, an upcoming episode you're going to engage someone who works in um uh asset management and investment uh, for Sunlam and she's going to advise us on how to you know invest because at the end of the day what happens is um when one of the reasons why the richest people don't get affected by by pandemics by by uh, by out say recessions as the common people are is because you might find that they've been able to distribute their risks in such a way that For example now if you're working you as a kawaida man you're working in in the hotel industry and then a recession hits in the hotel industry you're done for you're going to get fired mm. Mm. too bad mm. but um 
what you see with the very very hyper rich people like for example in Uhuru you find that yes they have a footing in the hotel industry so even if Uhuru brings policies that will affect the hotel industry to fight the pandemic they are in banking you need banking they are in food you need food they are in insurance they are in real estate so the, so essentially um making sure that um uh that your eggs are not in one basket is 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 very very critical because the day someone smashes that basket uh you, you find yourself in a very tight position mm, yeah but uh, uh you, you remind me of something so recently mm-hmm. so there, there, there are these people who are of a different school of thought that um the way to make money lots mm-hmm. of and lots of it is to um put all your eggs in one basket and then watch that basket <laughs> but but now good luck with watching the basket against covid well of course you know i mean that's why you have to now be a professional of course understand the risks mm-hmm. know what you're getting yourself into mm-hmm. and, and do you good know, luck do you, do you know uh, uh, before i go to the book i'm reading uh, do you know um there are, there are four categories of billionaires dollar billionaires there are four categories of billionaires there is a poor billionaire The poor billionaires are the new tech billionaires who started a company and then they, so they're still so Elon Musk. No, no, no. They're still getting funded uh, by uh, this, like this like say, TikTok guys. Like say the person when we started TikTok at the beginning, the first billion that you made, that was a poor billionaire because probably it's not an actual billion. It's a valuation billion in terms of uh, uh, the company has been valued. So you're getting a certain round of funding, that kind of a billionaire. Uh, they still live in the basement of their mothers you know the, the younger guys who are coming up and then there is there, there is the middle class billionaire a middle class billionaire is someone like Elon Musk someone like uh the owner of Amazon what's his name Jeff Bezos Jeff Bezos is a middle class billionaire uh because he, he, their shares are in one company the entire wealth are, is mostly dependent on one company if that company fails they are Well, but it's not one company. No, I'm saying companies. technically, when okay. you look at their biggest valuation, their mm. biggest uh, net worth mm. is pegged on one company. So they might have a few billions in others, but they are hyper successful in the hyper successful in one company, like Amazon, like uh, Tesla, like uh, Facebook, right? So uh, these are guys who started in tech and uh, or companies but companies are getting established well, they are uh, it's actual billions that they are making. Um but then slowly it's dependent on one company and then now we have the the upper middle class right uh, the upper middle class is someone like Warren Buffett someone like Warren Buffett who's who's um completely diversified their wealth Warren Buffett it's impossible to destroy Warren Buffett financially because he's in every perceivable industry he's uh, through Berkshire Hathaway uh, he, uh, the same thing with with Bill Gates uh, so you'll find that even if Jeff Bezos becomes the richest man in the world on paper you'll find that he'll never get to the level of wealth and stability at, at least up to now that someone like Warren Buffett something like uh, Bill Gates or hedge fund managers who are managing portfolios that cut across different industries that's how you stabilize your wealth and then now we have now the super rich that we don't even know their net worth when you say Jeff Bezos is the richest man in the world uh 
these people we don't probably even account for them correctly because for example now germany germany has some very very immensely wealthy people but they never come out as billionaires because in germany it's frowned upon to look rich culturally if you are a billionaire they look at you as greedy as who taking from the poor so so billionaires in such can, can, can countries very old money you know money that has been uh, in the families for of millennia and then uh, also now the princes in 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 the middle east people have stupid wealth someone bought a fake painting for 500 million dollars you had that scandal a fake and it's not a problem because they just call the central bank and they release the money so those are the four categories of of uh, of of wealth and so you can see the most stable the most stable category of wealth is someone who's been able to diversify their their earnings such that right now you're working in insurance if you can have a side hustle in agriculture if you can have a cacao wash if you can have a a a a food delivery or whatever that you're thinking about but the thing is being able to diversify your your portfolio can give you very good stability yeah so mm. kevin what are you reading oh, i'm reading a fantasy book called the stormlight archive i don't need if it has any lessons the, the reason why i don't want to talk about the book i read before it's because i've already mentioned it on the podcast it was called charter and it's about um, it has a long title charter and um controlling uh, and like finding how to control the something control the voice in your head that's the whole topic of the that book wait an entire book about how to control the voice in your head yes it's called charter i talked about it and you were here when i was talking about it what do you mean by controlling the voice in your head what like what's the lesson there or what do okay. you deduce from so, it so um it's um it's like how you're usually told that you have that inner voice that tells you um do it's it's you know skanga your is it called intuition or your kitu na kwambia when you're doing something bad but it also hinders you from doing things you want and uh, as much as usually say it's something it, it, it's job its main job it's to be like um it's protective ni kama ukisimama at the edge of a building you might feel like utajiambia don't jump even if you have Your the feeling, feeling. Yeah, yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah so it, there's usually that voice so if you are you're lying to someone there's usually that voice that's telling oh you're doing a bad thing but normally the voice as much i know maybe as a christian you might be told that's your soul that's your that's what inaku inakufanya usilae but scientifically it's more of like it's a it's a voice or a brain's way of self preservation so at times yes most of the times it gives you good i can say good advice if there's such a thing as good advice and it prevents you from harming yourself but at other times it also prevents you from like taking risks for instance i remember you saying having like um trouble like deciding to maybe if take a new venture maybe if it's business maybe you, your mind is telling you when you're putting your money here then you're going to lose all that money so it, at times you see it prevents you from like taking risks, taking, yeah, mm-hmm. risks uh, that as you said successful people usually have so it's it's that um the whole book is about you knowing how to utilize that voice or like when we talk about judo judo usually use your enemies momentum and strength against them so it's like using that so that you can know how to tame it know how to use it when it's necessary and know how to like um to spot when it's trying to prevent you from 
taking risks. Yeah. yeah. What, what? How has it helped you? How are you taking more risks now? Are you venturing into business? Have you started working out? Like, just messing. Uh-huh. No, it's true. Uh-huh. I actually, personally, for me, I need it a lot because I usually have that. Um, my mind. I usually that voice in my head is usually a lot, and it usually um prevents me from. I don't know, prevents me from achieving things or attaining things I want in my life. So um, even if it's, like you said, the gym, it's like you, uh, I'll think about, okay, I need to go to the gym. That's 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 the part of my mind that's saying, okay, you're not eating healthy. You need to start eating healthy. You need to start to go to the gym. But then there's that voice of, but you're comfortable not going to the gym. Yeah, yeah You don't need yes. to do it every uh-huh. day. Mm-hmm. Maybe it, it, it comes in as like a compromise. Maybe... Don't eat breakfast and lunch. Just eat supper, and you don't need to go to the gym. So yeah, it's it's not usually a like something that tells you um like the direct opposite of what you need to do. It usually gives you compromises. It's just knowing how to spot those things and stop doing them. So okay, yes, to me that's um something that's really helped me, and it's um learning how to just not fighting anything if it's if i feel it's not harmful yeah not fighting it and just saying okay i'll just do it mm. um and most of the time what i've noticed is at the end i'm grateful for taking that step mm. um if it's if it's at work if um there's something your your boss or coworker is saying during a meeting you don't agree with, sometimes you feel like i don't want to put myself out there what do I oh ule and ule mse nozi anakuanga always na za makelea kujifanya hapa na just tough yeah so i don't know mm-hmm. if it's nika ule mtu wino amkona belly a lunch kiring yeah. so that's how you feel uh. but <laughs> <laughs> uh. but you need to do it yeah and what you notice is people start seeing uh, like you said most people don't have that nini they usually try to avoid conflict or mm. i don't know if it's conflict but avoid doing making doing things that make them uncomfortable ah yeah. do, do you know the the a good uh, a good approach might be um aiming low uh one of i think our biggest undoing as human beings is um sometimes we might aim higher and when we're in high school at all aim high shoot to the moon i'm like no shoot to third floor you know like shoot to third floor and you when you achieve that third floor You, your brain tells you congratulations you've done you've made some progress and then now when you are third floor shoot to the ceiling of the eighth floor building and then slowly increment that and and you find that that you are able to 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 achieve much um more than you would if you are to aim too high because essentially what happens is if you're aiming too uh, too high is that chances are you might not get there not, not might you won't yes. yes in fact yes i'm saying some people are lucky because, and, I'm, and that's what i'm saying it's pure luck uh that you might aim very high and you get there but it's a very minute miniature uh, group of a uh, group of people yeah. so so the rest and, of and us, still uh-huh. like you're saying um I, i don't remember that it has a name that you're saying but it's um you I, I probably like you said how we are taught in school aim is it aim for the star so you can yes. if you fail you fall mm. on the moon I think that's bad advice it's everyone should aim to do like yeah achievable or 
compare yourself to what you were yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Um what I noticed also is there's that correlation of especially why we don't do a lot in our lives is there's correlation of perfectionism. I don't know if it's for everyone. Um perfectionism usually brings a lot of procrastination. Because mm-hmm. for you want for you to do ah, something you want something you want to perfect. perfect. Yeah. yeah. So you never try to do it. Mm. Like, back to maybe the gym mm. you want gains you want results yes, immediately i want them but now imagine if you are to say uh, on, like from the on the gym issue i am going to go to the gym and just hit the treadmill for 20 minutes yes just that yes or 10 minutes yes you do that and and and, and okay uh not brag uh, our listeners i go to the gym um <laughs> <laughs> but anyway uh, what 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 i noticed in my journey in the gym And my friends are always making fun of me when I'm in the gym because I'm going to cook out because apparently they can't see the, the gains but the thing what one thing I've learned to build my consistency was I started very small and and, and I I sustained the smallness to me the mere fact that I am in the gym is an achievement like that mere fact that I'm able to consistently go to the gym so I built that consistency I make sure that I go three times a week even if I'm going to do f- uh, a, a bench press 10 kgs or 5 kgs build that consistency reward my brain and tell it you see Kevin that's a good thing well, you you have bragging right when you're talking to people I am one of those guys who go to the gym you know and then over time now tell yourself let me let me add 10 kgs to this 5 kgs I'm doing and then you do that over time slowly slowly everyone is doing 60 your weight mtu anainua chuma like you equivalent to your weight and you build that over time you know aiming low aiming low most of the people who come to the gym and and let me tell you naambianga wase gym once i see someone for the first time is taking selfies on the mirrors and naambia give this person two weeks he will not be here again and 90% of the time i'm usually right because this person's motivation is cute right the aim is to show that i have muscles but muscles take months you can take a full year before you get any substantive results so it's very very critical that you that you build your capacity over time slowly yeah, yeah. and uh, i remember the name it's called the 70% rule oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so mm-hmm. it's you aim for 70% mm-hmm. um if it's good enough mm-hmm just um present it if it's at work yeah if you you've done it to the point that it's good enough yeah. present it mm. and one thing i saw the research was showing that a lot of people who strive for perfectionism mm-hmm. especially at work mm-hmm. they usually present their jobs late and it's it usually it's uh, it, it affects their career yeah. negatively mm. but the guy who usually does like 70% and I present 70%. Mm. Yes, he'll have mistakes, mm. but the main things he learns to do is to get his work out in time mm-hmm. and he also by doing a larger volume of work, mm-hmm. he gains the experience of knowing um like you make in, it's like you're making enough mistakes that they stop being mistakes. You're used yes. to them. Mm. The ulam to ni project moja a month. Yeah, yeah, mistakes zake ni itakuwa harder to learn than someone who does a, a volume of work yeah. yeah and essentially it makes sense right because if 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 you're continuously uh if by the time you're finishing one task I've done four 70% or even 60 uh from a business point of view 
that is a, a good thing of course there is a bit of undoing here and there but uh what i've come to learn in the corporate world is a, it's an issue of visibility you might be the best person but if you're not visible if no one can see you i know one of our friends i doesn't listen to the podcast i don't know maybe you might listen to this one but um one of my very very good friends he's, he's a brilliant guy uh, he's grown in leaps and bounds in his career uh because of being visible he might not be saying the most sensible things but in the meeting he has to say something even if that cup is dirty you know like or thank you for coming to the meeting guys let's hear what kabingo has to say he doesn't have to say anything substantive but people see him uh sometimes he will talk about a lot of nonsense but it is visible nonsense so me me and my timidity there uh, sitting back and thinking um Everyone is I don't have something to say. Yeah. I, I'll wait for when I have like clear thought structures and I've thought it out completely for me to be able to speak. Who you say when I check on my directors you get. And that is how you 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 grow so that if if you're going to focus on on being perfect or you're going to focus on on waiting to the day that I am able to to articulate myself. I have a friend. One of the he's called uh I would not say the name he's a very good friend of mine he's a very analytical guy but he's not able to articulate himself because he's a perfectionist if he makes a decision trust me it will be the best like you will have considered like we went to buy a bag a bag dendry so they were given like four bags he's like so me I'm like yeah this bag is nice ah, period it's a legit beautiful looking bag and then he's just looking at it the sales person is like okay make a decision damn it uh and he's like uh so i'm going with this other one because if you look at the straps they go all the way around so the weight is distributed like that makes a lot of sense like how did you think of you know like he's a very analytical person but by the time he's making that analysis Nimenunua bags can see our KPIs was buying bags. I bought like three. My bosses have seen I bought the three bags. Nimepicha pigwa ma coffee. His is the most efficient solution. But from a business point of view, remember we are dealing with humans. Humans I care about people who are visible, people who are on your face. So what happens then? You 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 end up losing out. So I think it's very important to act be analytical but not all the way are allow yourself because even there are lessons to be learned from the mistakes that you make so mistakes are not the worst things so it's, it's ideally they shouldn't be there but how do we know how not to make a bulb for example it's it's by making it with paper and realizing no that's not optimal it's by using a strand of hair realizing it's not optimal so if you're going to wait until the day that you we've mastered it's a tungsten filament that works before you launch it to the market we 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 won't that's not my point that's not the most optimal way learn to like you know and it's something also I'm teaching myself to yeah yeah, yeah. and like you asked earlier um one thing maybe I've learned is there's something called the spotlight effect and the spot I think I told you at Tito at one point um the spotlight effect is that effect of everyone usually feels like the spotlight is on them you feel like you're the main character of historical life and everyone is looking at you 
but in real sense everyone feels like that so stop um stop thinking too much about okay ikani something i should have said this i'm so embarrassed i said that i should have said this other thing leo maybe i i had my flight down all day and then oh so those all those people looked at me and they are laughing at me but in real sense maybe even if that person saw you they saw maybe for two seconds they might smile or laugh but the moment they take two steps and continue walking their mind is somewhere else they're back to their problems because everyone is um in their own spotlight so after i think i got relief after thinking in that way and and it's i think it's winston churchill who said that um when you are 20 you think the world is thinking about you when you are 40 uh you re- you realize uh you know people don't really care about what you're thinking when you're 60 realize that this entire time nobody cared about and and i think to me that's one of the biggest lessons i'm learning right now not to over expose myself to the thinking that people care so much about what i think first of all it's proud who, who do you think you are to think that people are thinking about you like so you don't tell me so he will take a break from thinking about Jerry is going to eat today evening to think about you the smudge on your on, on your nose like get over yourself and that's the only way you can be able to even build confidence and it's something I'm also I'm trying to teach myself yeah so now for me uh, the book I'm reading um right now is um 12 rules for life very good very 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 wonderful book well done oh my goodness guys i cannot <laughs> I don't even think that I think can... I think just before you continue uh-huh. um our, our dear listeners if you have not read this book or heard about it if you're hearing oh. about, if you're hearing about it for the first time please stop whatever you're doing stop, yeah stop whatever you're doing right pause, now you, pause. Can, you, can, you can even pause this pause this podcast this podcast um give me just let read. me just read for you some of the comments um behind the book Uh, basically the feedback people gave uh, the first one is everyone must read 12 rules for life and then pass it on to a friend and and i think kevin only has one copy yes we can't can't pass it on to you <laughs> so just just buy yes. and pass on to a friend yeah another one here says a recipe for salvation yeah and, and actually <laughs> let me tell you, can i tell you something about this book i i i just i think i've i've gone to rule number five or six i think Uh, uh rule number six. let me check uh, I, i i think i've gone up to rule number four. uh and i can tell you what, what it, does it say it's already changed my life what, I, what i don't even say uh rule number four says compare yourself to who you are yesterday not who someone else is today there's and this something um i i believe uh we live in a world where we're exposed to so much media Um and I honestly feel before I even go to the media issue I feel like talking about one rule is unfair to the entire ethos what is the meaning of ethos to the entire structure of of the book to the entire book because the 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 the, the book I think has a very strong message about taking personal responsibility and being bold Anyway, so this is what I'll say uh Tito. We live in a world where being nice is celebrated and being up, up up front and aggressive is frowned upon. 
there is no virtue in being nice. Today in my status, I posted, um, I posted that when someone calls you, you are a really nice guy. It's actually kind of an insult when you think about it. Because um, in the sense that, what does that even mean? There is no virtue in, be, uh, in being nice. You know, there, there is no virtue. The virtue is in having the capacity to be not nice, but choosing to be nice. It's like, for example, when when, when we talk about corruption, um, as we are we, we're discussing earlier, people are not not corrupt because they are not corrupt. Most of these people pointing at the government is because they've not had the opportunity to be corrupt. The virtuous person is the person who had the opportunity to be corrupt, and they chose not to be corrupt. That is a virtuous person, and and it's the same thing about this niceness issue, like. Make people know that you have the capacity to be not nice. So, um, actually, what what um, he also talks about these nice people. You'll find that someone who is um, overly nice, generally nice, those are some of the most resentful people. Yes, because that that aggression and that that um, so for instance, so let's say for instance, um, I'm a nice person, and then you wrong me. And then I don't, um, I don't come up to you and tell you, hey, by the Moretti, mm-hmm. um, I'm not, I'm not happy that you did that. Don't do that again. Mm-hmm. I will not take that mm-hmm. again. So, the moment I don't get to tell you that, that that anger does not go away. It only transforms into resentment. Yes. And bitterness. Yes. And that is something far, far worse than. Than that, the, the physical confrontation. Yes. You, you see, Tito, um, um, I'll tell you something that also I think I've come to learn, um, is that one of the biggest killers of relationships, um, I, I don't have a lot of experience with relationships. I always <laughs> insist. So much but, read. <laughs> but, but no, even from like even friends is that the moment we do not have boundaries for what is right or what is wrong for what is acceptable for, and what is not is a recipe, a recipe for resentment. If, if, and, and, and tyranny in this sense that today Tito if I know that Tito is uncomfortable usually want to have his me time in his house at 8 and nakapo at 9 Tito anashindo kuniambia I'll come today I'll come tomorrow natoka uko 9 that is building up as 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 resentment mm. towards me and that's suboptimal the most optimal thing is articulate your issue mm. have that friction Mm. set that boundary and that is how your relationship will thrive because I will know that mm. by 8 I should be out of this house the the, the alternative is mm. me sitting there like an idiot uh, a Tito th- wanting to kill me and punch me mm. but he cannot do it because he's a nice guy mm. what is that doing to a relationship what is that doing to Tito, Tito as a person and that is why it's 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 essentially very very critical and even at work even at work, I've come to, um, it, it's something I noticed. Um, I remember back in the days when I was, uh, after high school and I was working for Equity Bank. Back then when I was working for Equity Bank, um, there is something called money in the ATM. So money in the ATM is, is essentially when, when, when we have a public holiday or weekends, there's a member of staff who's assigned to sit at the ATM to assist at the elderly or people might not be able to use the ATM just to support them. So, all the public holidays. That sounds so much like equity. 
<laughs> or they have all the everyone. So all the public holidays, all the Christmases, mm. all the all the all, all the the ninis, uh is all public Idu holidays. Idu fit it is all to Nimi and an, another uh, pre-university like me who mm. are being given. But there was another pre-university, I remember he's called Keith, he's a very nice guy. Mm. Keith Alisema Staki. Nifuteni kama mnataka kunifuta I am not coming for Christmas every year in year out ni mimi mnaniekanga hapo and they respected that mm. he set a boundary mm. and till this day I respect that I have another colleague who's called who's called uh, I, I won't say his name he was in the podcast Daryl he was in the podcast so it's fine one of the things I respect the most about him people don't mess with him with, with him at work because if he does not want to do something he won't do it If, mm. if 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 he thinks it's unfair to him he will articulate even if he is talking to the md he goes to the md and tells him i don't think that is fair i'm not going to do it they have a very respectful relationship the first time i saw it i was like how how do you do that you mean you mean someone can do that you mean what <laughs> and and i thought this guy is going to get fired mm. he didn't get fired because what he was doing he was setting a boundary of respect in having an honest and true relationship with this person in i can't think i can't think of a more beautiful thing to have than to have a respectful relationship with your employer to have mm. a respectful relationship with your colleagues and your friends respect is the basis of it and that is something i'm trying to teach myself that that it does not hurt to articulate your concerns Don't sit on it because you are creating ball inside yourself and you, and you're creating resentment. Don't play nice. It's it's something he also talks about. Let me spoil it for you. Something he also talks about in this rule, tell the truth or at least don't lie. Um where he says say say something that your inner conscience will not dispute. If you feel deep within you that you've been treated unfairly, say it. So so essentially articulating your truth. There's another thing you usually say uh uh one of the rules I think uh, it's one I wanted to confirm very quickly. Don't let your children do anything that will make you dislike them. One of when whenever I go to a mall or to a supermarket or I'm walking and I'm seeing a very unruly child I just judge the parents. Like You like recently I went to Optica and this child is shouting jumping uh, going to touch the laptop. Yeah, Julie, stop. I'm I'm telling you stop. Don't negotiate with the terrorist. Go smack the bejesus out of the out, out, out of the kid. That is how they will learn to behave in public. Because a lot of parents what what is happening is that they they they, they have this niceness they are trying to cultivate and and create very very flimsy children and and what we end up having is chaos uh when they grow up children who who can't who are not sociable yes who are not sociable mm. uh, children who um who can't who can't take simple pressures of life mm. um uh, in fact uh, one of the things he talks about is do not treat your children better than the world would treat them yep Treat, the world is a cruel place. The world is a cruel <laughs> place. Do not 
Mm. Create an environment that makes uh, b- because you won't be there forever for your children. Don't raise safe children. Yes, raise competent children. Exactly, uh, 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 because at the end of the day, if you are raising a safe child, mm. it means you are expending your own energy to uh, to safeguard the child. What mm. about now when you won't be there to safeguard the child? Mm. You need to to raise children who can fight for themselves. In fact one of the one of the beautiful things about uh competence and 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 taking risks mm. as opposed to being safe is that you get to enjoy the world mm. uh, if 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 you are to if you are if you are to be held up in your cocoon of safety you don't know what is out there in the world mm. there is no adventure in, inside the house the yeah. adventure is going to the mountains where a lion can come out of the bushes the adventure is is, is going on a road trip where your car can roll and kill you the adventure it, sorry yeah yeah exactly the, the the adventure is seeing that beautiful lady who's could and could way out of your league and i'm saying quote and could because no one is out of your league uh yeah uh, uh, is out of your league and putting yourself out there and talking to that girl that is where the adventure and living of life is life is essentially risks and trade-offs mm. so If you're going to raise your child in a manner that you're always protecting them and giving them whatever they want, it means even their fortitude and their and their and their readiness for a very extremely cruel life mm. isn't and, there. And eventually their usefulness in society. Exactly. Mm. And no one wants a useless person. Mm. The 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 uh, and ultimately the demise of civilization. <laughs> you see, you see uh, there, there's something uh, let me remember something that he says it's 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 making sure that you're acting also in the int- you're not thinking selfishly taking 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 but also compromises in in society uh, where you are also giving because we are living in an intertwined world where you, you can't afford to think about yourself these children our to when you know hapa when you nasema they will be useless people in the future because of how they are being raised selfishly is because in in the world at some point kabingu you find that i need to borrow your xbox i need to borrow your car how do we have that trade off yeah yeah um so it's essentially what that famous ancient quote of tough times make make tough people tough people make good times good times make what is it nimekuwa kule that guy will alishindwa ni ile quote ah yeah yeah the fish <laughs> give a man a fish yeah. uh, no no but and essentially it's, <laughs> yeah it's <that's laughs> right. no that can't be right <laughs> give, give i remember uh, uh one, one of our teachers to high school and uh, so i'm to to go assemblies like um Some of you are drawing so you want to say avocado uh, and uh, in Kimeru avocado is makondofia so so he's on the assembly in Meru very deeply Meru so he's like some of you are drawing uh, pills of ako uh, so he was like uh, he knows it's a, it, it starts with a a <laughs> he does not know if it's akondofia or <laughs> or avocado so he's like uh, <laughs> okay sawa so Essentially um I think um to as we conclude today's episode we just it was a book semi book club um but I think uh this Jordan Peterson book is one of the most profound because I think it has actually aspects of everything that we've discussed right you know how you're managing your finances uh 
in such a way you're treating yourself like someone you care for that is one of the rules for example uh you know how you you you, you sometimes you can be selfish so when you're investing in your future when you're saving is is essentially treating yourself like someone that you care for you know if you have a child you want to invest in their future you want to save but sometimes you don't do that to ourselves yeah and and and, and also the, the book you said your lesson was it's it's essentially just in summary like how we usually told the biggest enemy of you is you so it's looking at that mirror and fighting yourself every day so that you can attain or dreams or whatever you want to do in your life yeah so again responsibility you know taking charge and taking responsibility yeah Anyway, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, uh, we had a very great time. Uh, we hope that you had a great time also. Um, till next time, bye.